Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Porter Gals presents Terrifying Tales. Hi, I'm Debbie. And I'm Allison. And we're the Polter Gals. Spooky. <laughs> Christmas Ghost Story. Written by Nick DiMarantino. Published in 2022 by Northwest Corner Books. Chapter 4. Interrupted Thanksgiving. What grandparents are for? By November, Gina and Aaron were officially in residence, still mostly living out of cardboard boxes at 1716 South Manage Street. The chaos of floor lamps and dark oak chairs and boxes full of rattling, newspaper-wrapped dishes was arranging itself into a home. The kitchen had a toaster oven now. The bathroom had a second towel bar. The master bedroom was still mostly bed, but the bed was fine. It was a good start. There had only been silence from her father. No offer of help, no invitation to dinner. Not a word since their unfortunate exchange in his office. Her sister, Rachel, hadn't called, which meant Rachel hadn't found out yet that she was in town. She didn't expect to see much of her grandparents either, considering how unhappy Grandpa had become at the mere sight of his old home. Her grandparents surprised her. It hadn't been easy for Grandpa. His forehead was lined with drops of sweat. He had insisted on coming up the back stairs. We never used the front door when I was a kid, he said. Grandpa stopped in the middle of the kitchen, turning slowly around in circles, cracking his knuckles, a nervous wreck. I feel like I just walked backward 60 years. I had to practically drag him here, said Grandma. He'll get over it. So, where do we start, Gina? Put us to work. We're here to help help they did for the rest of the afternoon and two days later and the day after that and the following weekend they became her dependable hard-working allies grandpa knew who to call about the hardwood floors the new lock on the back door and the boiler inspection grandma helped her hang the drapes organize her clothes in the closet and decide which lamp to put between which armchairs her grandparents had been tireless that day as usual even after Gina had to leave, 
They were still working upstairs when she returned from her disappointing job interview at the Northwest Garden Center. She found them in one of the guest rooms. They'd been putting everything away, arranging the furniture, and were breaking down the empty boxes into a bouncy, floppy pile. How can I thank you? I don't believe how much you've done. Don't overdo it now. I don't want you to be sore. I don't see your friend around, said Gloria candidly. We could have used a little help with the heavy stuff. Why isn't he giving you a hand? It's because he's in medical school, Grandma. That's why. He studies till he drops. He only has four hours left at the end of the day, and he has to use those for sleep. If you say so, said Grandma unconvinced. Speaking of sleep, she glanced at her watch. We should go home, Lou, before traffic gets too bad. She helped them into their coats. They paused in front of the door, comparing their schedules for the next few days, planning when they would return. Grandma kissed her on the cheek and gave her hand an affectionate squeeze. Now, we're going to see you on Thanksgiving, aren't we? Gina had sensed the issue hovering unresolved. I don't think so, Grandma. Why not? Grandma had unclearly anticipated some resistance and was ready for it. Now that you're back in Seattle, you're part of the family. Dinner is at two o'clock, and I want you both. Not this time, Grandma. Things are a little tense with Dad. Makes no difference to me. You're still my granddaughter. Thanksgiving dinner is at my house, and I'm inviting you. I want everyone there by. You'll have a very nice dinner without me, Grandma, said Gina. Kiss her on the cheek. My dad needs more time. What he needs is more love, snapped Gloria, because you're his daughter, and that's all there is to it. As far as I'm concerned, Sam has no business now, now, interrupted Grandpa. You know perfectly well he's trying to be a good father. It's a big mistake. Keeping Gina away from Rachel and Wally, you and I are going to stay out of this, Gloria. He turned to his granddaughter. You and your boyfriend are welcome to join us for Thanksgiving dinner. There will be no hurt feelings. She hugged him again. Thanks for understanding, Grandpa. We'll pass this time. She hesitated. If Rachel or Wally should happen to mention me, if anybody asks, said Grandpa, I've got nothing to say about Gina. Not one word. He looked at his wife meaningfully. And neither do you. The trapped animal. They had each other and gave them strength. Nothing got in their way for long. Gina Rossi and Aaron Steiner were young and bright and determined and winning team. And they knew it. And the world knew it. And for a while, they seemed to be winning. They celebrated Thanksgiving together that year in their new home. Just the two of them. She left him alone to study, undisturbed all afternoon. Aaron had created a study out of the room between the master bedroom and the kitchen. That is where she found him, unshaven in an old sweatshirt, hunched over his gooseneck lamp, textbook open on one side, computer screen glowing on the other. Gina touched him on the shoulder. He shouted and leaped to his feet. Thanks, said Aaron, thoroughly shaken. I needed that. Sorry, said Gina getting jumpy, are we? She kissed him. I just came to tell the hard-working medical student that dinner is served.
Say no more, he said. He returned the kiss. I'm starved. Your turkey awaits you. She led him into the little breakfast nook next to the pantry. It was scarcely big enough for the small table and two chairs with a window looking out on the lawn and gardens below. The lights were off in the nook. Instead, two slender white candles cast rippling shadows up on the walls. Her best white tablecloth had transformed the kitchen table. Folded cloth napkins edged the two plates. Dressing and cranberries and a jello salad flaked the turkey platter steaming between them. My first turkey cooked in Nana's oven, said Gina. And for dessert, Grandma's recipe for pumpkin pie. They kissed by the candlelight. I'm the happiest medical student in the universe. You'll soon be the fattest, said Gina. I'm going to give you great big heaps of everything, just like Nana. I'll be very insulted if you don't eat until you burst. I surrender, said Aaron. Is stuffing your man to death an Italian tradition? An ancient one. He dies with a smile on his face. They sat at the little table facing each other. Their hands collapsed between the gravy pot and the bowl of mashed potatoes. I'm thankful for so much, said Gina impulsively. Me too, said Aaron. But I'd be even more thankful with the pepper shaker. Gina rose. The chef is insulted, but will comply. She crossed the kitchen in a few quick strides and had just snatched the shaker off the shelf over the oven when something moved rapidly overhead. At first, she thought something might have fallen. She stopped in her tracks, listening. She heard it again. What in God's name could it be? A scramble of thuds passed directly overhead, erratic, like footfalls, like something running. Footfalls on the second floor? The thudding overhead seemed to rush to one side and then abruptly stop. Aaron appeared in the entrance of the nook. Does the beautiful chef need help finding the pepper? She gestured to him to keep his voice down. Come here, Aaron. Listen. She pointed overhead. What is... Just listen. The look in her eyes alerted him to the depth of her concern. He froze. Nothing. Just the sound of them breathing. He became restless. He reached out to grab the shaker out of her hand, and then they both heard it. Footsteps and a shuffling rush across the floor overhead. What is that, Aaron? She could see that he heard it too. She wasn't crazy. Whatever was up there was real. He looked up, squinting intently, as though trying to see through the ceiling. Sounds like some kind of animal. Pretty big animal, said Gina with a nervous laugh. We're not talking a mouse here. A clattering surge of footsteps across the ceiling. This sounds as big as a dog. Well, I'm sure there's no dog upstairs, said Aaron. Then what is it? Could be a raccoon. It could be nothing but a squirrel. And the sound of being amplified somehow. She stepped quickly and lightly over to the sink. Before he realized what she was doing, she grabbed the biggest chopping knife. Well, whatever it is, 
I don't appreciate it interrupting my Thanksgiving dinner. Wait, Gina, he objected in alarm. No thanks. I can handle a giant squirrel. Gina. She was already down the hall and around the corner, at the door opening onto the staircase that led up to the second floor. Aaron was right behind her. Halfway up the narrow hall of stairs, they both froze and listened. When it came, it was so much louder. They both flinched when they heard it. Footsteps, scuffling and frantic, with haste, abruptly silent. Something was up there with them. Something as big as a dog, possibly injured, possibly frightened, possibly dangerous. They ascended several more steps, and then their legs refused to budge. They listened, braced to lunge back down the stairs. If the animal was hurt or scared, it could be frightened for its life. Another clattering of footfalls. Look, cried Gina, pointing. From where they stood near the top of the staircase, they could see partway down both the east hall and the west. Both were thick with shadows. Her fingers stabbed toward the east hall. There. What was that? See? It's moving. He didn't answer. He never said whether he saw it or not. He simply grabbed the chopping knife out of her hand and rushed toward the sound. Aaron, give me that. By the time Gina had hurried up the last two stairs and ran halfway down the east hall after him, he was out of sight. Aaron. No answer. Nothing but a tense, unnatural stillness. Where the hell had he gone? Answer me, Aaron. Where are you? No one in any of the rooms on that side of the second floor. Then suddenly, from behind her, the sound of running footsteps. She spun around in a panic, not knowing which way to look, expecting imminent attack from any direction. The footfalls abruptly stopped. But where? Where was the creature hiding? Aaron stepped from the far room. Nothing up here, he said. Now, there is a mystery for you. Do you think it could be the sound the pipes are making? Maybe something's wrong with the boiler. He glanced at her, then did a quick double take on her fierce stance and wild-eyed pallor. You okay? She forced herself to relax. I'm okay. They waited, rigid with nerves. Expectant. You heard it, and I heard it, said Gina. It's up here. We're going to find it. Nothing. A dull, musty hush. I'm getting hungry, said Aaron. Well, I'm not leaving until I know what's up here. They waited longer. Looks like our heavy-footed friend has something better to do. And so do we. Frightened, confused, emotionally drained, Gina relented and went with Aaron, closing the door to the stairs behind them. They returned to the breakfast nook. Flickering, half-melted candles illuminated a cold Thanksgiving dinner. They didn't reheat anything. They chewed without tasting. They sat together in stunned silence. I don't believe what just happened. Pretty weird, wasn't it? Tell me, said Gina. 
Did you and I both just go crazy, or what? Really now, was something running around up there? I mean, was that real up there, Aaron? Whatever that was, it sounded real to me. It sounded like something was hiding up there. Are we in danger, do you think? Or do we both eat something that's having a chemical effect on us? Are we hallucinating or psychotic or what? I have a sinking feeling, said Aaron. It's the or what. Be sure to follow us on Facebook or on YouTube at The Porter Gals or on Instagram at The underscore Porter Gals. You can also find us wherever you get your podcast or at roguemedianetwork.com. You've been listening to The Polter Gals, a Rogue Media Network podcast. This has been a Rogue Media podcast.